if you could inject a IV of transfer news right into your veins, would you do it? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, especially with the craziness of this transfer window market right now. It's insanity. That's just straight, that's just wildness to the veins. I don't think anyone was predicting a ton of money flying around. And so that's the, the that's like the added weight on top of this, this current, already the moves that are happening, messy. I mean, anything. These billion dollar owners, whew, these hundred million dollar contracts they're throwing around, shoot, that's money they made in a, in a month during COVID. So, you know, when you think about it, might not be all that surprising that we're seeing a lot of money being thrown around. Welcome to Footy Fellas, coming at you from Chicago and Minnesota. We're going to be talking footy, talking life, playing games, playing mind games. We've got a little something for you. We even have a friend of Footy Fellas, a Foff, joining us later in the app to talk some EPL. So if you haven't yet, throw us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube at Footy Fellas Pod, F-O-O-T-Y Fellas Pod. Today we're discussing two massive topics. Number one, Lionel Messi moving on from Barcelona. Who would have thought? We're going to get into that. And number two, everything Premier League. All EPL, all the time, which is starting up next weekend. Two massive topics, massive happenings in the soccer world, in the footy world. Excuse me. Icy's dancing, so you must be you must be feeling some type of way. I am stoked for the Prem to start, baby. My Saturday mornings, I'll be booked. Don't talk to me. Don't text me, except if you're a footy <laughs> fella or a foff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just absolutely hyped to watch some soccer. We might, we're floating around the idea fops of live streaming Leeds versus Man United or having a watch along. Uh, it depends on if Jones, who says he's a Man United fan, Woo. wants to wake up at six in the morning Woo. and and watch the game. How big of but a fan is he? How big of a fan is he? We don't of, know. We don't know. Tweet him. Come on, Fofs. Tweet at him. Tweet at him. This is <laughs> your campaign. This is your social media campaign to, to peer pressure him. Wake up, Jones. Wake up. Good morning. Good morning. Every, all, all the Fofs know that, that leads are fun. I talk about them a lot. And I think uh, we could see an upset potentially. But, you know, it depends if Jones actually has the wherewithal to show up. Well, we'll see. I think... It's also, can we agree? Maybe let, let's have this. Let's have this out real now. I, we're not talking prem too much just at the moment. But who of all the Premier League teams, who is the team that you don't want to meet on the first in the first game? Like mm. I, I would say it's kind of an interesting combo because City, for example, like you know that's the team you don't want to play if they're the top dogs. But first day of the season, I don't know if City's a team that I would count on to be firing on full cylinders. You know, they've got a lot of guys who are coming in. You know, they're putting the pieces together. So you're probably thinking, like last season, Liverpool did not leave that game comfortably with Leeds. Is Leeds a team that you probably, that's like top top three, I'd imagine. Any other teams we don't think in there? Yeah, I think that's a, a fantastic question, a good point. Um, I would say Brentford against Arsenal. I, I have a lot of, I would put money down on Brentford upsetting Arsenal. Arsenal's not in a good spot, but also these newly promoted teams, they're trying to show up. They're trying to show out. I mean, every game in the Premier League is so important that they're going to be throwing everything at it. It's kind of like saying you don't want to face Icy after two cups of coffee. 
Actually, any of us after two cups of coffee would be dangerous. Just you don't want to go one on one with like us. a like a like a rat in a corner is what I'd feel. Like. If you came at me, I'd be I'd do anything. I'd chew your arm off. I'd do it. That's me on coffee. That's us after a half cup of coffee because we never drink. If coffee. I smell coffee, don't even talk to him. I, I can't talk. I'm foaming at the mouth. I'm so excited. I'm yeah. just or I see after like a ten mile run. At that point, don't even don't even bother him. Unless he's got chocolate milk on him, then he's. Well, no, then he's cool. Cool as cucumber. Yeah. You can toss me some Oatly chocolate milk and we're friends, but besides that, stay away. What about after your recent hat trick? Your recent hat trick, what was your, what vibes were you giving off? Like, were you, you very chill about it? Or if people came up to you, you'd get in their face, you'd talk your talk. <laughs> well, you know, in the 7v7 co-ed Wednesday night league, I'm in everyone's face. I had to show the goalie what's good. <laughs> I mean, yes, it was like a 5-4 38 year old woman but i had to show her what's good like i'm scoring three goals on you let's go no absolutely not (laughs) no i'm just chilling like i'm anytime i score i'm stoked i i don't score a lot i'm a pretty poor finisher but that night i'm just going in so it was your finishing ability though more so than the the lack of goalkeeping skills you'd say on those those particular goals yes they actually were were decent i thought uh, you know, a, a a better, more trained goalie probably would have saved one of them for sure. But that yeah. was my best. That was my favorite one. I thought that was good. It was a nice one. It was okay, boys. We get to talk. Put yourself on the field, Foss. I hope you you're living this moment with me. So, guys, when you're on the field and you've got the situation where the ball is kind of fifty fifty, you it's more seventy thirty. You know you're gonna get it. You just stick your foot out and kind of poke it, and you see open field behind that person. Like, so you have a big touch and you know, you're going to just sprint on that dude. That's what it was like. It was like, I had a 70, 30 chance. I poked it behind the defender. I had acres of space and the defender to my left, who I thought would just follow me on the side of me and give me some trouble, just stopped. He like expected someone behind him to pick up the, pick up the garbage. And I was alone. Me and the keep kind of did a nice little chip over the keep. It was just, it was a good one. Good feeling. It turned out they were the garbage. Mm. And they got taken out. Mm-hmm. Look, that's Max your words. In. Your words. I'm in the league. I don't want to be targeted. They froze. They froze like a deer in headlights because they saw a freaking deer coming at them with two <laughs> goals on his to his name already. Like a deer, like a John Deere tractor is what they saw. They yeah. were the deer. He was the John Deere tractor. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm I'm up for nicknames is for that, Is that where the expression comes from? A deer in headlights? Is that a John Deere a John tractor Deere. ran exactly. over a deer exactly. years ago? It's like exactly. hundreds of years ago? Thousands. That's like a saying. That's a saying. That's like an ancient saying. They saw that was carved. If you look at the hieroglyphics, if you guys, I don't know if you guys, you know, history. So in Egypt on the pyramid, there's it's deer. And then there's like a giant it. They thought it was like aliens or something, but it's, it's a John Deere it's tractor. It's a John Deere tractor exactly. with the logo. Exactly. Wow. Deer in the headlights. Uh, running nicknames right now for Icy on the field, Garbage Man and and the tractor. Both both are working for me and both feel on brand. My uh my college roommate, he listens occasionally, so maybe he'll he'll hear this one. But my my college roommate, great friend, he called me the garbage man because he likes saying I took out the trash at center back. Nice. nice. So nice. that was pretty epic. That made me feel really nice and warm inside. That's a, little, a great. That's you, a great. You also name. smelled horrible too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, his shoe guards were revolting. Exactly. He called he called me that because I smelled like garbage. <laughs> but then I started playing soccer and it just applied. Yeah. yeah like oh, I, so it wasn't even soccer related at first. You at were just, first. Yeah. You were just the car. You were the garbage man. Yeah, I just smelled bad. 
but <laughs> so Messi. We're gonna start with Messi. We're gonna start with Lionel, who's the opposite of garbage. Although there we go. did Barcelona treat him that way? Whoa. So oh you went from no segue God. to about like three segues in there. That was great. <laughs> did he just did he deliver his route on time? Was this the perfect time for him to leave? Like the garbage man shows up at 5 a.m. and so it's the a, perfect time? It's a, stre- it's, a, it's a stretch. No, 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 no. Like the garbage man, it, is like it feels like the inopportune time that's like hitting us at an hour we don't think, we weren't expecting right. it. Hitting us at like 5 a.m. right We're here. sleeping at 5 a.m. and yeah. why are you here exactly. making all that noise? It felt like a shock, right? Was it a shock to you, I see, when you saw that it was actually happening, him leaving Barcelona? It was. I think the entire football world got got shook by it um because we were told that discussions were in a good spot and i think we had actually heard that messi was willing to cut his salary by as much as a half to be able to to stay and stick it out with the team due to salary concerns but you know seeing it crumble like that if if i was a diehard barcelona fan i would be extremely upset with the club the president, everyone who's in charge of that. You just let the best player arguably ever to play the game of soccer slip through your fingers all because of a salary cap issue. You kidding me? It's ridiculous. I think it's, I I don't know. He should be fired. I think that whoever was in charge of all that stuff should should be fired. It's ridiculous. So for, for the fans who may not be super privy to the background here, here's my quick synopsis of, of what happened. And Eli and Icy will call me out on where I've where I've missed things because what I'm about to say is is my conspiracy theories because that's what we do when I'm on I provide conspiracy theories involves some of the back end stuff so yes uh, you know prior to this year and kind of in the midst of COVID Barcelona had a different um, chairman or head of the board and had and and this board had been in charge for you know half a decade or something like that maybe a little bit more. Bartomeu and in his regime as the president chairman they had just run the finances into the ground they had made really bad investments they had a salary that was way too expensive I think 95% of total revenues was going to player salaries which is un and not even including doable not including Messi not including Messi yeah so you're 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 spending almost all of your revenues on just your 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 team essentially, which is, which is bananas. You have so many other costs. You're Barcelona, you're massive. Um, so racking up all this debt. And now, now they've kind of hit this point where the Super League didn't come to fruition, um, which they're still holding out for. That's part of the story. Um, Bartomeu eventually is get kicked out of his role. They bring in Laporte. He's the guy who was there at the time of Messi's rise to fame and Pep Guardiola at the, at the club and they're just dominance in the, in the late aughts. Um, and and then what was revealed is to Icy's point, yes, Messi and uh, Jorge, his father, his agent, quote unquote, were aligned with the contract that they had set up in place so that he could stay at Barcelona. But um, La Liga was not willing to recognize Barcelona's roster because Barcelona would not adhere to their their there's like an addendum in their contract with La Liga that stipulates like if you are joining the league for this next season for forthcoming seasons something about it prevents you financially to just split off and do the Super League that you cannot split off and do your own thing and so in so doing 
by Barcelona still willing to do the Super League and not willing to agree to this term, it essentially like negated Messi being on the team, his contract, all that stuff, thus making him completely free and no longer a part of the Barcelona team. Um, I'm sure there are back-end ways for him to still be a part of the team if they really wanted to go that route maybe, but essentially it just meant that he's now free and PSG is now sweeping in, all that good stuff. So with that background, my conspiracy theory was, and I'll, and I'll pause, did I miss anything? Do you feel like that feels like maybe comprehensive? So the my conspiracy theory is the president, Laporte, the new president, his whole campaign to take over from Bartomeu was, I'm going to keep Messi and help the team come back. But his main thing is I'm keeping Messi. I wonder if he and other select people on the board knew that the stipulation was always going to be there. They knew that they were always going to lose Messi. And so as a publicity thing, they said, we are going to keep him here. We're going to have this contract that he's going to agree with. It's going to be great. But they knew in the end that they could make La Liga look like the bad guys here by saying, oh, like, sorry, there's a stipulation here that won't allow it. Like, you know, this is there's structures in place. I think the term was like structures and uh, I don't know, financials or something that are preventing him from staying. And so anyway, I think that's my that's my other idea. I think that they knew this was a thing. It allows them to let go of Messi without actually just losing him on their own. I'll let that sit there. Yeah, um, I, my, I was just going to say, I think it's interesting. It's an interesting idea, Jones, that you mentioned and definitely not out of the realm of possibility. I think if that if that is the case, it's pretty idiotic. I think fans of Barcelona, what do they want more than anything? It's to win and it's to be successful and it's to have the best player of all time on their club, Lionel Messi. To leave, to, for Lionel to leave Barcelona is a disaster for the club and anyone in charge of keeping him around. Um, so just overall horrible. His whole life is dedicated to this club. The only club he's ever played for left, you know, Argentina when he was young. We know the story. Um, and he's leaving for free. Am I wrong? His contract is up and there's no transfer fee. I mean, it's just the more you dig into it, insanity at how dumb Barcelona has been through this whole process. And PSG, you know, Jorge, as you said, Messi's dad flew in, his lawyers flew in, the agent. It's it's a done deal I've seen on Twitter. They, they're thinking it's a three-year contract, about 35, 40 million euros a year. Um, and we'll get into a huge implications for Mbappe. Big for, I think, Ligue 1. Neymar and Messi will be reunited. It's wild. Um, so we'll get into that in a sec. So many storylines in the PSG front. We have, before we move to PSG, still on Barcelona, we have talked about on this pod a couple times that Barcelona need to move forward and they were getting dragged down by Messi's massive contract slash just like the play style and personnel around him really focused on let's get the ball to Messi. Kind of like when you have that best player in your high school team, your college team, and everyone's trying to feed them the ball and that's the only way you know how to play. And we talked a couple times about how the only way forward for Barcelona to truly rebuild a rebuild for them being different for some smaller clubs, but for them to say, we know we're not going to be the best, one of the best teams in the world this year because we're bringing in new talent, young talent, perhaps changing our play style or, or mentality wise players changing their play style without Messi on the pitch. I still think that's kind of required. Like they could have had Messi for another couple years Yes, he's such a legend to Barcelona and all of their fans. Yes, he brings in a massive amount of revenue that Jones and I were talking probably offsets his wages. You'd imagine that he's 
a boon for the club financially. At the same time, I couldn't see Barcelona winning anything, anything being Champions League basically in the next two years, which is probably Messi's last couple of great years, next two, three years. So maybe this will help them. Maybe this will help them in three, four years. It's a disaster in the moment. It feels like it's an emotional drain for Barcelona, their fans. Aguero's coming in. I don't know if he had any idea Messi was going to leave. I'm sure he was happy to, to play with a you know, compatriot, a friend. And now other players are going to have to figure it out. They're going to have to get their shit together. The club, the players. However, I think there's some, some serious positives over the next couple of years for Barcelona. I'd like to think, I'd also like to think this is a positive. We've talked about... <clears throat> you look at Real Madrid, who is still. You can argue Real Madrid is 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 definitely better poised, I suppose, potentially to to still compete for a top two position on La, La Liga. It's it's a shame. Like we're looking at each other, we're all talking about this. Like Real Madrid and Barca are not in our picks for Champions League anymore. Like it's EPL heavy. Maybe throwing Bayern, maybe a Juve, but like Real Madrid and Barca, they're not what they were. You know, they could still do something, but they're not what they were. Nonetheless, Real Madrid feels a little more poised to do something, do something in the next couple of years. Whereas Barca, it feels that they have a rebuild. And a big part of this is Ronaldo left a couple of years ago. And that has allowed Real Madrid to start to build and find different pieces and build a structure that works for the team. Um, yeah, like Barca is going to have to go through that. Madrid's an interesting example. That's a good point you brought up there. Barcelona, perhaps two years from now, you know, they've just, they've done this with Ronaldo. Let's move to the PSG side, though. I see. How do you see? Uh, how do you see Messi fitting in at PSG? Is there going to be any competition in Liga? What does this do for the power rankings of the leagues all across the world? Yeah, I think it's. I think we're seeing a pair. I think we're going to see a paradigm shift. Honestly, I think La Liga losing both Ronaldo and now Messi, the two biggest football faces on the planet, uh, is going to be huge. A huge hit to the to the revenue to the league. And just the, the prominence of the league, in my opinion, I think in your average football fan doesn't know really any La Liga players, I would I would argue. Um, and so huge hit to that league. League Un, Neymar, Messi, Mbappe at the moment. Crazy talent. Unfortunately, it is on one single team. So I think, as you said earlier, Eli, the, the competition, the competitive gap is only going to get wider. However, PSG did not win League Un last year. We should keep that in mind. You know, Lille, Lille won. So there is competition, but, you know, with Messi, could be could be a runaway for PSG, to be honest. But they really want the Champions League final. They're definitely going to make a run. I would love to see Neymar and Messi combine to do great things. Um, but back to the structure of that team, Mbappe wants to leave in the coming weeks. I'm seeing stuff floating around Twitter, transfer news. Um, he definitely does not want to come back to PSG next summer when his contract is out. So he might just be be gone sooner than we think uh, to where. I don't know. No idea. Hopefully Liverpool. But uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. So uh, one thing that's been talked about in the in the Twitter sphere as well. I like that Twitter is definitely, which is so, which is just fun. That's like, it's like the news app, but it's like the gossipy news app. Yeah. So it's like kind of true. Well, that's just transfers, I suppose. But nonetheless, the a couple things with PSG. One, there have been arguments made that they've had the best transfer window of all time. Partly, one, if you've been able to get Messi onto your team, that but de facto is like the best window of all time. Sure. But they've also brought in, reminder, Wijnaldum, uh, Hakimi, 
or no, 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 Hakimi wasn't. But Wijnaldum, oh, well, I was going to say, okay, you may know. I was going to say Wijnaldum, Donnarumma, and Ramos, Ramos were all for free. Ah. And then, they yes, they brought in Hakimi for a good chunk of money, but then also Messi for free. They brought in four studs for free who are going to play on their team. All a little older, yeah. Like, that's part of the, the catch, too. But they're bringing them into their team. The implication with Mbappe is like, oh, and the other thing is, if Mbappe stays, which I, I think there's a, I don't know if Real Madrid has the capital just yet to go in for him. That's the other piece. I think Real Madrid's probably his most likely destination. But the question here is, you know, what's for Mbappe to, to come to in La Liga? You know, yes, he would be the name of Real Madrid and La Liga. Um, but, you know, Ronaldo went to La Liga to be the yin to Messi's yang. Like there, they had set up a stage there. It was, was going to be a rivalry for a decade. Mbappe's got nothing there. He's, there's no challenge other than to bring Real Madrid maybe back to prominence. But I, again, like there's so much rebuilding. I digress. Point is, there's a point. This, someone else had also tweeted this. PSG next year could potentially line up with the best three players in the world in the front three with Neymar, Mbappe, and Messi. And what an exciting star show. Like people, I, yeah, I would want to see that. Like if they win the Champions League, that'd be dope. I don't care. I mean, that was Barcelona's Messi, Neymar, Suarez. At mm-hmm. the time, felt like that. You obviously could argue players were better than Suarez, but similar. Yeah. It's as close as you can get in soccer to a super team. Yes. And the closest we've probably ever seen, aside from maybe some of those old Madrid teams with the Galacticos and teams of a different era. But in this new age with how much money is being spent and everything going on in the footy world, this is as close as you will get in the next couple of years to a super team. I mean, almost as close as like Grealish, Gunduan, and Bernardo Silva. I mean, let's yeah. talk about... Hey, if Kane goes to City, then you then it's like, all right, which team is more stacked to the brim unnecessarily, PSG or City? So well, we'll get to Premier League in a bit, but what other thoughts on PSG? I was listening to... Uh, ranks FC, the the old BR football guys that, that moved there. Always a fun listen. And Sam Ty was just talking about how PSG are probably going to line up differently this year with their their new transfers and, and play a back three with Akimi as a wing back and Kurzawa or someone else as the, the left wing back. And they're just going to be a really attacking team with a very solid back three um, with Ramos and I'm going to blank on the other not a Meccano, but another Kimpembe, Kimpembe and I had it another stud center back. Yeah. Um, so they'll be solid in the back. Marquinhos. Marquinhos. And up top, they'll be the best out of any team in the world. So if they can't win the Champions League with everything they'll have thrown at it this year, that would be kind of ludicrous. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, they're just so, so stacked. I mean, even hearing you guys talk and listing off those players that I had forgotten were on the team. They're so good, and look, are we going to get PSG jerseys as a footy fella group? We might. We might. We might rock PSG jerseys. Uh, They're low-key sick. Does MJ, are they a Jordan? Does Jordan sponsor them? Wow, that's Does Jordan also sponsor us? Might we do a collab? Possibly. Ooh, okay, okay. Save that for later, dude. Save it for later. Get the pops excited. Um, No, I think, uh, Neil, we talked about this a little bit. I think, as you you mentioned um, offline, that the competition could get even more stretched. PSG just further putting pulling themselves ahead, which is fair. I do think a Messi 
a big caliber name, another one. I mean, the biggest caliber name in the world right now in football just brings in more revenue, as you guys alluded to, more money, potentially TV deals. I think it brings the average footballer more closer to that league, which hopefully the the league itself has a good distribution strategy with, with that incoming money that could funnel to the lower teams, give them a little boost and try and uh, bring some equality in level of play competition to the league, which would be great. Um, what did we say? I know we talked a couple episodes ago about the five leagues, in, you know, the big five in the nation or in the in the continent of Europe. Is the league last of the those big five? They'd probably be considered last on most lists, just revenue, size, viewership, yeah. also how people talk about and them. I, right. I think I think this is a, a game changer for that league to to make a bump or two up. You know, I think it could pass La Liga and Serie A if things go well. Um over the contract that Messi signs and everything like that take the thing that we, that we, we glanced over. And if we're talking about like magnitudes of these leagues and the impacts of these financial deals and TV rights and all that good stuff is what happens if Barcelona follows a similar path to Leeds? And as a reminder, Leeds back in the early two thousands had a similar situation, but not almost nearly as dire and I'm sure that there's maybe different financial backgrounds. But Leeds in 2003 or so had spent about 70% of their revenues on contracts, on players. And what happened? They then plummeted. They couldn't keep up with their sales. They plummeted the bottom of the table. And then they dropped like two leagues down and had stayed there for 16 years. Barcelona now have had salaries that have been over 100% evidently, for a couple years now, and uh, have been hemorrhaging. They've been losing players. They put up, they're putting up players. There's Neto, who's like a backup, backup goalie, who's on $4.5 million a year. They're putting him up for, for hopefully, hoping that Tottenham will take him on loan. They're desperate. Um, what happens if, like, they start to tumble and they fall potentially, like, you know, this is extreme, probably won't happen, but if, what if they did fall out of the league? in a year or two is La Liga then de- definitively like, all right, you know, you are the fifth now important, most important league is La Liga is Liga. Has that jumped into league two status? You know, like am I nailing? I think I'm nailing French. That's a doigt. Doesn't, doesn't ESPN have the La Liga rights, the TV rights this upcoming year. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's just another interesting one for, for American fans that will now be more exposed to European soccer Hoping to see Messi. Sorry. Hoping to see, you know, the the Classico be as classic as Classicos have been. Sorry. And uh, it's going to be a game changer for for everyone. So we'll see if the bottom falls out at Barcelona, if they completely falter, if PSG rises to the top. Just massive clubs with, with big storylines. Let's get into Premier League. For EPL, to chat EPL, we do have our first live in the studio guest, Teddy, who you might remember from our Premier League uh, predictions fan preview last year, Big Wolves fan, and he's going to chat some Premier League with us today. Teddy, how are you? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for the invite, everyone. Got a really 
sick setup here at the studio, so I'm thrilled to thrilled to be the first live guest. Do you like? Do you enjoy when you come to the studio having the gold plated slippers that we've given you and the? Yeah, you know, I had the intern get me some water. Um, <laughs> feeling really, really welcomed right now, so it's a great, great feeling. We we do our best to make make our our friends feel welcomed. Um, um, Teddy, of course, is our resident wolves expert. Um, he's also if if you haven't followed his career already, he's been on um, shows internationally. Uh, flexing his might. Um, and Can you actually tell us about some of those? I'm, I'm just genuinely curious what the, the other experiences have been like talking wolves. Uh, yeah, so one of them is kind of a wolf's podcast of people in the U.S. What's this, this Englishman that moved down here about 20 years ago? And yeah, he just recently started last season. And, uh, you, you know, I've been following wolves for a while, so I hopped on. A lot, a lot of the people on are, are kind of more recent since they've been in the most recent stint in the EPL, so they don't really have as much history and kind of, you know, experience the club, all the tribulations that, that I have. So I think they like the little experience I have going on. And then, uh, yeah, I was on the, the NBC Fan Zone show. Um, it's on Peacock TV uh, a couple times. And, yeah, it's like literally live on air. Like I was talking to, I forget who it was, not, wasn't, Jermaine Defoe. All right, maybe Rebecca Darren, Lowe, maybe like Darren big... Bent. I think it was Darren Bent, actually. Wow. And uh, uh, some, someone else as well. But, yeah, it's pretty cool. Live on studio. You're on Skype. They're like, all right, Teddy, you got 15 seconds before you're on. And then, and then, and then you know, you can literally see the show going on. They're like, all right, we're going with Teddy in the U.S. And I'm like, yeah, that's literally me on the screen. And they're like, you know, they're, they're at the studio in London. And, you know, I'm on the big screen. And it's, yeah, it's definitely a sight. It's pretty cool experience it's nuts would you say it's more or less intimidating than being in this studio seeing yourself not on the small screen over there watching your 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 vocals talking to max jones yeah sharing earbuds with max jones yeah it's just different because in person i feel like it's a little more camaraderie Mm. you know you get better uh conversations you know i feel like we've really been missing that a lot with with you know the pandemic everyone going on zoom for conferences i do do feel like there's a bit of creativity um missing so I'm glad we could all uh, group up, and it's a lo- yeah, it's a lovely, pod. lovely message to bring us into our Premier League discussion. We're all here together, you know, feeling feeding off each other's energy. Looking forward to the Premier League, which is starting this upcoming Friday, so not even the weekend because they have that that early game, the first game, which I was just looking at. Who is it? Arsenal, Brent- Brentford, mm-hmm. new and up and coming team. Yeah, what do you think about Brentford? Ice, they're uh, they're the big analytics team. Everyone's talking about. Yeah, you know, I don't know too much about them, the newly promoted squad, one of the three. Uh, but I do, as I said earlier, have my money on them to beat Arsenal this game one. Arsenal in their rebuild and will probably, I think, probably think uh, Brentford's a, uh, a weak, weaker team and so they can kind of walk over them, but Brentford will show up. Just the fact that they have a B. They must be the Brentford Bs, right? Looking yeah, at their yeah. logo? Okay. <laughs> the fact they have a B on their logo, watch out. You never Terrible. know. Teams that have like slightly odd logos could be dangerous. Could be very dangerous. One uh, one question we we started off the pod with very quickly was an unprompted here for you for you Teddy. If you any club are are playing any other random team on the first game of of opening day, what team would you prefer not to play against? What is the one team? Is there one team for you that you would just hate to play? that first game of the season? 
tough one. Uh, maybe go. Yeah, just look at the table real fast. Maybe go almost Newcastle to be to be honest with you. I feel like the big clubs, you know, it takes a little bit of time for them to get going, but you always feel like Newcastle are always, you know, they put some points on the board early, so they don't have to worry about relegation later on, <laughs> um, which they still end up worrying about. But yeah, just, yeah, but like, they yeah, help themselves. Yeah, out you know what I mean. Yeah, they always perform well just like right at the beginning so i'd be i'd be scared of one of those guys which one of the big teams i feel like you can, can get at them right away as they're still adjusting the new players and tactics yeah speaking right. of which let's talk about what each of our teams were most excited to watch this season could be your own club you could go a little crazy and not say the wolves man U, liverpool chelsea of the world if there's another club um i can start because i'm bringing up the question and that being said, I haven't actually thought about which team I'm most excited <laughs> to see play this year. So many transfers to follow today. The news today that Lukaku is coming back to Chelsea. And I think Chelsea, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cheat. I'll go Chelsea because off the back of that Champions League victory, the top four is so, like Man City seems like such a top dog because of the guys they brought in, bringing Grealish, maybe Kane, and just how good they are, how much depth they have. I feel like Chelsea might be the only true contender to City this year, which you can push back from a Liverpool or Man U or Wolves standpoint. Um, but I think Chelsea, given they won the Champions League, where they straight up beat Man City in one game, yes, just one game, but they beat Man City. They have the depth to go at the helm for a full season. I could see them making it a race, if any team's going to make it a race. So I'm excited to see how Chelsea follows up their, their last season's success. I will, I will hop in here. I'll give you guys more time to think on it. Um, I, I mean, yes, I'm going to cheat and say I am excited to see United's team play um, because, and, and you know what, I'll pivot here. I'll make it a more collective answer. The top four look like they are starting to separate themselves or that there is a, a cadre of teams who are starting to make a distinct difference from the collective six or seven that there were towards you know the end of the past three years or something. You can say that Arsenal and Tottenham and uh, and I think Leicester was starting to work their way in there have started to fall off. It's hard to keep pace with what what um, City definitely and Chelsea definitely, and then also United and Liverpool what they've kind of amassed. Um, so I'm and, and I'm I am excited, of course, for a United fan. But what I'm really excited about, not really, I'm not actually, I'm just a little more terrified, is what Liverpool team is going to show up this year. Um, they, they, are they going to have, like, are they going to hit the ground running? Is it going to take some time to figure it out? Have they hit their ceiling? It, what's going to happen? It, to me, feels like this is their last hurrah. I don't know what they're going to look like when all of their biggest players are over 30 years old. Van Dyke, Mane, Salah, Firmino, uh, you know, what, what is that going to do to their, their team next year? This is the year that they need to make the revenge tour and make some damage. Um, we're going to see some haymakers. Um, we're going to see some some big finishes. I I don't see any other team breaking into the top four. It seems like unless there are severe injuries, top four is solidified. That's kind of my my stance. What team am I most excited to see? Um, I think Brentford and Norwich City both coming up. Have, have, they're both two really well run clubs. Um, they both play, you know, a nice possession-based style of football. And Norwich was up a couple of years ago, and you could kind of see what they had. They really dominated some games, but just couldn't put the finishing touches on. I think they just signed Josh Sargent, if you guys can. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, I'll, I'll double confirm. Keep, keep yeah. running. 
But uh, yeah, especially Brentford as well. I've been following them for a while. They've got some really um, quality players. Ivan Tony up front had the best season of any championship striker last year, and they play really good football. As he said, really analytically, analytically inclined. Yeah, their uh, owner was former better, maybe still is. But yeah, the the way they um, use signings and use their B team. They don't really have an under-23 team. They just kind of have a, a B team, that, and players will go into their A-team squad. Um, I, I really think that they, they may stay up this season, so I'll be excited to see how they're they're doing. But, Eli, any updates on the – Confirmed Josh Sargent and Jones as well on the spot new, but it reportedly might not be final-final, but this was – well, this is today, very actually like an hour ago. So – <laughs> not final final, but reportedly transferring to Norwich. Do you think he's good enough to play at the Premier League level, given what he's shown so far for, you know, in the Bundesliga and in, on the U.S. national team? Uh, I think it was tough on the Werder Bremen size. They didn't have a – create a lot of chances for him. And I, I know Norwich have done for, for Pookie, especially this last season. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess we'll see. I don't <laughs> – can't say – yeah, I don't want to make a decision here, but I, I think he could could do well. But it'd be a yeah big step for him, and if he he performs well, it could be the leading striker for the U.S. national team that desperately needs one. So. People just love Timu Puki. That's the only problem going to Norwich. Not like whether you'll get game time if you get it. If you're a starter, if he happens to replace Puki, people will hate him just for that, mm-hmm. and only because of Puki's hat trick in that first game last year or two years ago against Liverpool. No, maybe the second game of the season. He had a tr- hat trick really early on. Everyone in fantasy Premier League freaked out, yeah. and he's just a lovable, lovable finished dude. It's a lose lose for Josh Sargent. I see. What's uh, what team are you most excited about? Yeah, uh, fortunately, it's not going to be Liverpool. I don't think they've made enough big, big enough splash in the in the transfer market. Um, I think it's just piggybacking off what you said, Jones. It'll be interesting to see what team they come out with. I I full confidence in Klopp and his and his team of coaches to pick the best players and and know what they're doing so uh they're not well, I'm, mo- I'm most excited about Leeds United uh, I love you guys know they're like my second favorite team Mar- Marcelo Bielsa is just a great coach and they play with such tempo that I love to see um and they've got they kept most of their squad and they signed um Firpo Jack Harrison's a confirmed he's permanent now and they got a new backup goalie which which will be good um they got to shore up some of the, the goals they let in because they did give up a bunch. Um, but super stoked about Leeds. I think they could get off on a really strong foot beating United game one, and that'll just set the tempo for the entire season. And I think they're the team to repeat kind of what the Wolves did, not last season, but the season before, where they really scratched. Uh, and really kind of West Ham did too last season, scratched that six sixth spot in the table, fifth spot, some European, get into the European competitions. So. Is Traore still being linked to Leeds from Wolves? Uh, yeah, I, I don't really see it happening, but he's, he's still being linked. Biesla is a big uh, admirer of him, as we all are. So Yeah. There's something, when someone says how much of an admirer a coach is of another player, that's like the highest compliment. Like the highest level is like, ah, oh, he's admired him from afar. This is the people that know the game the best. They watch, you know, thousands of players, and he like admires this player. So a special ring to it. How, how do you feel about Wolves this season, Traore or not? What do you What do you think is realistic? Yeah, I think for everyone in the Premier League as well, uh, I think we need to wait another 
two weeks till the, the window closes as I, I've got a feeling there's, you know, now that Grealish is gone, I'm, I've got a feeling some big transfers are coming in the next next couple of weeks. Um, it's going to be tough to implement them in each respective team's systems. But, um, yeah, I think I think we got to wait a little bit. But but from Wolves, yeah, I'm excited. New new manager, Bruno Lodge, coming in from uh, former Benfica manager. Uh, you know, as you guys know, for Nuno, I played a very defensive counterattacking game. Um, the team actually pressed the least amount last season. And, you know, from a supporter, I just, yeah, the, the style got really um, just rigid and there's no fluidity. And every game was actually really difficult to watch pretty much all of last season, um, <laughs> especially after Jimenez went down. So, yeah, I'm looking for just a, just a new style. Um, yeah, he's been prep. We've got maybe might be playing two strikers. We've been pressing a lot. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. We still need a couple signings, as I was alluding to earlier. But yeah, I think uh, just yeah, just watching your favorite team just play a different style. Um, something I'm I'm looking forward to at least. Yeah, is him and as a real FPL threat? Should he be considered now up, up top if they're playing more attacking? Uh, yeah, I mean he's only. 7.5 million I was looking tough tough three opening fixtures and then after that I was I was gonna bring him in um, okay yeah. okay yeah Ooh, FPL already are we, are we starting to talk FPL now Trade I was secrets. I was just gonna throw in uh Danny Ings going to Villa I think it's great for Villa love Danny Ings he's always a, a solid FPL pick and I think he'll still be a solid FPL pick I'm also super excited about Lukaku he will be on my squad for sure he'll be on the bench probably for a bit but until he starts to get more playing time more titty. You're gonna you're gonna have to reserve a lot of money for him. I feel like you think he's gonna be expensive. Uh, over yeah, under no, over under over under nine point five. You think eleven? I didn't go ten. Oh, gonna be my ten is gonna be my eleven. Okay. Yeah, just because of how I how say. explosive Chelsea are as a team, like top club, top striker. You think more than Timo? Like I'd say eleven. Yeah, yeah probably more than Timo. Probably more oh. than Timo. In that case, we'll see what FPL does. But that's garbage. <laughs> I'm not gonna pick him if he's expensive. <laughs> I mean, there's no. I mean, I would. Uh, yeah, why? I would totally take him. It was nine point five. That would yeah. be incredible. That's a no brainer. Because I'm like, who? Who else is comparable at nine point five? Timo is that? Timo is known as being like one of the worst strikers from last Vardy, year. He'd be better than Vardy. Yeah, I'd put him at. I was trying to look for the. Um, was Sancho in there? The South Hump. The South yeah, I think he was. Where is Sancho? Nine point five. I think. Ooh, gotta go with my boy Bruno though for. For picking Man United, nine point five midfielder. Yeah. Interesting, especially if he plays like a wing role. Yeah, yeah. I think Icy's right. You need Bruno just on everything: free kicks, corner kicks, mm-hmm. free kicks. Yeah, most importantly. Yeah. So many transfers to keep track of. Does City? The other big question I had for all of you is, like, is the is anyone? Is it annoying what City's doing? Are you frustrated by the players they're bringing in, or just feels like sign of the times? Other teams can compete. Some teams are doing that. Other teams. I was hearing about Crystal Palace rebuilding slash like bringing a lot of players that I don't even know who they've brought in, but just they brought in a couple players. Brighton brought in this this young stud, uh, what's his name, Mwepu yeah. from Salzburg, and he's just like a workhorse game changer in the midfield who could fly under the radar and like they could make make good on their XG last year and like be in the mid middle of the table or something. Like, is City just? Does City ruin all that? Does it feel less exciting because of how much money they're spending in players they're bringing in? You know, City, their their club chairman was quoted, I think, three years ago or something. Um, people were critiquing him and City saying, you know, with these funds, if they are not checked, you are just going to be buying the best players. To which he said, you know, 
in effect, LOL, we're not buying the best players. We're buying good value players and making them worth more. But now definitively you can say per position, they have brought in players who, especially when you have now brought in the most expensive English player ever bought by a Premier League team into your side, uh, you are definitively, and, and potentially two, you are definitively cementing yourselves as way too financially powerful and tipping the scales. You have an arsenal on your bench that would start almost for any other club in the Premier League. Um, it is, it is, in effect, unfair. That said, the fun thing with the Premier League, I will, I will nod to, coming from another top four club fandom, is that there is still a chance that they implode. There's a chance that Liverpool imploded, and they did. The year before that, there was a chance that City did implode, and they did. Um, so in some sense, anything's possible. Leicesters can exist. Wolves can come out of nowhere and, and take the crown. Sheffield United's can come in seventh the year before they come in <laughs> dead, dead last. Anything's possible. But yes, my take is, it. no, it sucks. It's I, They're the noisy neighbors. I hate it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how financial fair play works, but it's... They're signing too many players. <laughs> but it's too not much. working. Yeah, <laughs> Whatever yeah. it is, it's not I'll anything. also say, I also signed a couple of young Brazilian players as well, and, and these guys could end up being studs. I don't know if you see it. I don't know if they're on there, but they, yeah, I mean, they're just too too good, especially with, uh, yeah, Guardiola there with another season. He, he wanted a refresh, and he's kind of gotten, gotten a little bit of a refresh. And, yeah, they're going to be extremely tough to beat. So Yeah, I think – a little bit devil's advocate is that at some point these really great players have to ask themselves, yes, do I want all this money? Also, do I want to play the game I love? Because there's not going to be enough time. There's not going to be a lot of tick to go around, right? You have all these great players. You got to shuffle them in and out. Pep's really good at that. You know, KDB, granted he was injured, but did not play a lot of games. He didn't get a ton of minutes. I mean, he got a lot of minutes, but he's a great player. He probably should have, could have gotten more. Pep was like, nah. KDB is okay with that. I don't know if every great player is okay with that. That's what you have to ask yourself when you go to clubs like this, especially PSG too. Um, so I think over time, I don't know. I think City is totally vulnerable. Grealish gets fouled the most in the league. That's a that's a liability to me. You know, if he's getting fouled so much, huge just up uptick in the chance that he gets injured long term. That's neither here nor there. I do want to talk about Harry Kane though. Maybe Eli, you're going there next. Um, I think it's it's kind of a, a hogwash of a situation that he's in. Uh, I think it's going to be terrible if he stays at Tottenham. I think that's just worse for football fans and worse for the league overall. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I know he did sign a six-year contract, so contractually he's obligated to play for Spurs. But I think if he wants to force a move out, he, he really should be able to. Um I think when he signed that, you know, they were next season, they came in second, you know, Champions League final. So he thought they were going to really push on and the clubs really backtracked. And uh, yeah, I don't, I mean, what do you guys think? It's kind of an ethical question. Do you think he's, you know, even though he has a contract, would you, would you guys say he's, it's okay for him to not show up at practice and force a move out or, or should he stick with it even though his heart's not there? What's, what's your guys' thoughts? Uh, you know, it feels like, um, it feels like if you if you haven't been getting the promise, it's funny because you're making me think of there was another just tweet that I just saw of the Hamas. It's not the Hamas nah. stuff, no, but it was the it's um, it's Pochettino and how like he must be just dying laughing at just how many players he's just taken in 
at PSG after spending, you know, three years without anybody coming to Tottenham <laughs> um, and just how different his fortunes are. But um, it, it does feel like he should be allowed to do what he wants to do. It doesn't help that he has Levy as his the, the, the guy holding the contract because of all people, he's the one who's going to wait the longest. There's also been, I will say, for Kane's sake, morally, he can do what he needs to do. I saw he sent a note saying that he's going to return to practice and stuff. He should be back in the mix. But the previous years, Berbatov, Modric have been players that Daniel Levy has said, these guys are not for sale. These guys are not going anywhere. And then what happens? Real Madrid and United come in and pluck them like a couple of days before the end of the transfer window. So there is still very much room for something to happen here. The fact that Spurs have been buying players makes you feel like they're expecting a windfall of money to an extent um, spending, you know, 50 plus mil on Romero and your back lines. Like, okay, you know, maybe they are expecting for someone like Kane to leave, but, and, and Gil, of course, Gil, Gil. So, you know, things are changing. Things are afoot. I think, Teddy, your point of the league, there's two weeks left in the, like, you know, we've got time left in the window. Therefore, anything is possible, especially with Kane. My next question, Arsenal, Everton, Tottenham. That's the question. <laughs> Dude, you can do anything you want with it. Those are just three teams I wanted to lump together. Probably makes sense to rank them in what order you think they're going to finish. But you can do it. You can do anything. <laughs> uh, I'll go Spurs, um, Arsenal, Everton. Mm, okay. So you still you're faithful, and the and the Wolves manager Nuno's there now, right? Well, he's you just put them what 18, 19, 20? <laughs> yeah, I didn't see what place they were going to be in. Just the order I was putting them in. Uh, yeah, I think of those three teams. I feel like, I mean, I'm excited to see what Rafa Benitez does. But Everton's always been, you know, one or two places below the ladder. Um, not too sure if Hamas will end up staying there. So I think they're definitely in third place of these three teams. Arsenal, um, big year, big year for them, especially Mikel Arteta. He really has to show it this year. Um, yeah, I think Spurs just their their team is just their squad's just the best overall. Um, Fair. And if they lose Kane, you know Son's still amazing, and yeah, I think Nuno will help get that back line into shape. So it's just a matter if they can score, and they've got got scores up front. So it's my three. Yeah, it's fair. Um, remind me, kind of blanking on his name. They're like I think the glue of Tottenham's team. That center defensive. Hoiberg. Hoiberg. Uh, Hoiberg. Yeah. Yeah. If Hoiberg's there, which I don't think he's leaving, then they're they're they'll be solid. He he played the most minutes. I didn't think he actually missed a single minute of last season. Super clutch for them. Um, I think I actually think Arsenal, Tottenham, Everton will be the order. I don't know why. I think I think Arsenal. I don't like them at all. But I think that uh, they they'll perform because they have to, and I like their young talent a lot, um, Pepe, and seeing him see where what he can do this season will be fun. It's gonna be a huge year for Saka or Pepe, but Saka, especially after that tough final, tough Euro final, missing the PK. Yes, he's getting a lot of love. Yes, you know support from the club. I saw they put up that wall of messages on, on his arrival back to training. It was just really nice because you forget a lot of times these players are 18 or 19, like they're freaking kids. And it's got to be devastating to have an international miss that like you feel like you failed your country and it's, it's stuck on your mind. So it'd be huge if he could have a great season and Arsenal benefit from it. I, uh, I, I agree. I think there's in my head, it's like I haven't even really fully measured the variables from this past off season 
Um, but in my head where I left off like a year ago or, or two was looking at these teams, Arsenal, I feel Arsenal, it sucks to be an Arsenal or Tottenham fan. I'm just going to say that off the bat. Like that's, you're in a tough place. You're in an effective rebuild for a while. And, and, and what matters is these type of seasons, what players step up, how can you kind of expedite things? But big watch out for Arsenal is in my estimation, estimation is Lacazette and Aubameyang aren't getting younger with Tottenham. You're, you know, I mean, it just seems toxic with Mourinho finally out. Like maybe they can really start to mend something. And then Everton, like last year was your year to do something that you were kind of doing something out of nowhere. And then that just crumbled. So you're starting from ground zero. I, I like the idea. I like the idea of Arsenal, then Tottenham, then Everton. It really depends on what could happen. But I, I feel like ever, Arsenal have some pieces in place, some consistency that should hopefully bring them forward. And then Emil Smith-Rowe and, and Saka bring in the youth. So we'll see. Anything's possible. But Fair. definitely none are breaking the top 12. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't have led with that. You, really, you buried the lead there for sure. That's Maybe I'll throw that in the intro just to, just to rile people up. Or they'll shut it off if they're an Arsenal Tottenham or yeah, As long as, hey, put it at the point where we register them as a listen. Like, ah, so okay. that's like, like two seconds in. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the FA Community Shield just finished. Do do we have any thoughts on how important that uh, that game is? Is it is it anything? Let's just say Man City's lineup featured multiple players that had numbers over eighty as their say, jersey number. There needs to so be... they played a couple of youngsters, probably their first professional minutes. You, you, the way you can value how much a team cared, it's kind of like golf. You want to have a lower. <laughs> if you add their jersey numbers up. You have to have like a lower amount. Um, the lowest and, score wins. Right. Well, that shows how much effort. Most. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So there's whatever like one through, you know, 11 is probably. And then and you have some outliers here or there. <laughs> but it definitely doesn't help that United have Sancho as tw- at 25 on the team. You know? uh-huh. So there's some things you need, to, you need to balance in there. Good for Lester. Good for Lester to get a win. What do you think, guys? Yeah, I, I always remember Jones watching these, to me, seemingly random European tournaments. I'm like, Jones, what does this even mean? This is kind of a, especially the, uh, what's that energy drink one that I think is so bizarre. Carabao Cup. Carabao Cup. Is it called anymore? I don't know. So I was just, I was curious actually, genuinely about is the shield, the community shield, is it meaningful really? It is, it is meaningful in the sense that United won a treble in 2017 16 i think with europa fa and the community shield so if in that perspective you want to give it some weight then yes absolutely otherwise it's just the previous premier league winner versus the fa cup winner um and it's like a good preseason like tee up it's just an exciting preamble to the season usually it's had a lot more pageantry and it has had like starting lineups it's like the first run at like a real game um but this season in particular to eli's perspective hasn't really had that weight i think we've got like maybe five minutes left before people have had their their premier league fill for a single dose who wants to talk about watford for five minutes uh i feel like we should go back to crystal palace <laughs> yeah, yeah. joking on the watford piece say. although check out check out ben uh foster the watford keepers yeah. in the championship check out his vlog on youtube super exciting he's got footage from in the goal gopro in the goal yeah Yeah. he's a funny dude he gets like meme culture and gets in people's faces on the squad only after you've watched the boot and boots all or nothing vlog on our youtube channel which is slightly above that in terms of quality uh and quantity so check that out but yes crystal palace let's uh get in a couple last good storylines here 
Yeah, so I think uh, I think Patrick Vieira, you know, Roy Hodgson been there for a while. I think Patrick Vieira is the head coach. Honestly, outside of New York City FC, I don't know if he's coached anywhere else. Do you guys? I want to say he coached in like France. Let me look this. Keep going. Keep going. Um, I'll, I'll do this. Anyway, yeah, they're actually getting rid of a lot of the uh, dead deadwood at the club, such as you know Wayne Hennessy, Andres Townsend, Patrick Van Anholt, Gary Kale, and they brought in some really. Um, good young players like Michael Elise um, from Reading last year was one of the best championship young players. Uh, Mark Wehi from Chelsea, I think he was on one at Swansea last year. Really good center back. Um, Joachim Anderson from uh, Lyon, as well as a Fulham center back last year. He was actually really good on that Fulham squad. And yeah, Connor Gallagher was pretty good presence. The West Brom midfield, he's, he's on loan. So uh, yeah, they've Definitely made some changes that, that were kind of much needed there and got rid of a lot of the higher wage players on their club. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, if Zaha still stays, I think they might be able to avoid relegation for another year. But. Like that. Some good info. They were definitely my my postseason pick to plummet this year. I think after just looking at their – there was like some article, there was some stat somewhere floating around saying that they had like, you know, at least seven of their starting lineup and then plus like another four guys all had like all had their contracts up this summer or like the next summer they had like one year left um and like most of those players were you know 28 plus um so it just seemed like a team poised for for absolute carnage um but bringing in Vieira is exciting and regenerative i, I agree with that there's someone talking about how oh man what what was it? It was uh, during Euros. They had Vieira and um, Roy Keane were in the studio, and they were uh, reviewing the France game and what their thoughts were on Pogba, of course. And uh, and Roy Keane was just fuming, per usual, <laughs> about Pogba not getting back on defense and that he doesn't do that. And Vieira was coming back to him saying, like, because that's not what he does. Like, you need to make a team that does those things and compensates. And um, and they were and then so this comment recently was saying, well, like that encapsulates the differences. That's why Vieira is a coach right now and Roy Keane is not because the modern game today is played by understanding what your players can do and what they can't do and building a team that works with it. You can't just have this, you know, grind. You Everyone plays every position and does it. So Vieira coming in could be exciting. I don't think he's had the most success at um, NYCFC as well as uh, nice, nice, but he's um, he, is, he is a proven player and uh, I think people respect him. So hopefully they can stay up, but cause I just love the name crystal palace too. <laughs> I've got a fun, uh, just quick, quick question for the group. Since this is probably the last, uh, pod episode before the season starts for the prem, uh, of the three newly promoted teams, who is least likely to stay in the premier league, avoid relegation. So let's just remind the Foffs. It is Brentford, Norwich city and Watford. Who wants to start? I'll go Watford. I think as the down. wait, you okay. said least likely to. Sorry, as the yeah, the least likely to stay in the in the Premier oh, League. So the, I think Watford's getting relegated first year up. I back I concur. Yes, I agree. Yeah, that's what I would say as well. I'm gonna be a contrarian. <laughs> I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick West Ham. Brentford. Send send Brentford down. <laughs> send them down. They wow. need to earn it. 
They need, they, need to, they, need to, they need to they need to make more ridiculous sales and they need more money to have been made from stats and incredible analysis <laughs> before they can keep their place up there. It's going to be hard for Norwich to get relegated with Todd, Todd Cantwell winning a PFA player player of the year award. Young player so, of the year. yeah, young player of the year, player of the player year, of Ballon d'Or potentially. <laughs> it's going to be tough to, for Norwich to go down on the back of that. So, there was news he might be a transfer piece uh you know i heard i heard inklings that he might get he might get transferred oh then norwich has gone down (laughs) he's like he's like without him that's a that's a huge xg shift as far as xg shifts goes i see i like you being the like the transfer guru where you come in and you're like yeah i heard a person might go they might not but they might that's twitter i'm just the human version of twitter yeah (laughs) (laughs) hey we started off we finished where we started off which is you injecting and a transfer IV directly into your veins. You're, you're a guy now. Yeah. Thanks for listening. You've listened this far. This is a, this is a juicy app. A lot of premier league talk. We talked messy before you got here, Teddy, all the Barcelona PSG implications, La Liga league uh, implications, everything going on. Um, just massive stories and massive leagues starting up this upcoming week. So we'll keep talking premier league, keep talking everything else. Can you just say the French league one more time? How, how do you Liga. <laughs> yeah. Oh, League, uh, go. Uh, league, ow! Max is Max is our, our yeah, best uh, pronouncer. That. So yeah, he is French. So, yeah, yeah. he is fully French. So <laughs> that's that's offen- offensive to him. Check out we got, but we'll have our fantasy Premier League going as well. So stay close to the Instagram. Teddy's excited. Another season, yeah. Who who won last year? Uh, Peter Peter, Peter Boyer. Yeah, Peter Boyer. Good memory. Do we know him or is he? He's a Foff. He's a Foff. He's a true Foff. True friend of Footy Fella, who Footy Fellas, who we don't know. He's in Philadelphia. He crushed Footy it. Philadelphia. Yeah, he was he in first it. at literally every single game. He was like a top two thousand at one point in the world. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. yeah, he was. He, was he crushed. Unbelievable. It. We only get the best players in the world yeah. in our league. Yeah, so that's why we got. It's a thousand dollar buy-in this time. So that's the match. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll see you next week. Take it easy. See you next week. See you next week.